Welcome back, folks, to another episode of What the Fumble. With our 100th episode being so close, I thought after all this time, it might be a good time to remind everybody that this is indeed a horror campaign. We all like to laugh and keep it light when we can, because at the end of the day, that's what D&D is all about. It's about having a good time with your pals. But this story arc in particular can be a little dark, to say the least. So just in case my hilarious puns made you forget you were listening to a horror story, consider yourself reminded. Anyways, let's get to this thing. It's time to grab your favorite garlic-scented teddy bear, turn on your nightlight, and hide on your warmest ghost-proof blanket. Because here comes episode 95 of What the Fun, Portrait of the Past. So how many theories have you guys come up with about the Taroka deck, about what we've gotten so far? Because I think I've looked into the symbolism of all of these things probably way too much. <laughs> exactly know, one, and I'm right about everything. <laughs> you know, it's kind of like, oh, the conjure. Oh, maybe this whole idea of us going through is being conjured for that, and then everything is fake, and everything's illusory, and then there's the marionette, and you're caught on string, so freedom is a lie. And, like... I don't know. Like I've I've looked at this in so many different ways, and I don't even know what to believe anymore. Well, I don't know. I almost feel like it's also sort of important to realize who drew what card. Like I don't. I know that that's not necessarily relevant to how it actually played out in game. But like here in the real world, when we did draw cards, like how relative or how like like symbolic that card is to that player and to that character as well. Also, I think is is kind of where my brain went, which is completely irrelevant to the story. Are you saying you are you saying that I conjured my made up girlfriend in this game? <laughs> <laughs> Your words, not mine. <laughs> <laughs> they can be kind of can be a little creepy though. Reading into Taroka readings, yeah. My what? God, I checked in my on, on my astrology sign the other week, and it said that I might maybe have good or bad luck this week. <laughs> and I did! <laughs> I did have good or bad luck. It was crazy! My favorite is, yeah, if, if you ever come across those in a paper, like, uh, we have this little thing called the Coffee News that always had the best little ones. It's a little thing you'd find in some restaurant. Be like, what's your sign? Oh, Taurus? Then I'd read them Leo. Then I'd go, what's your sign? Aries? And then I'd read them Leo. And then everybody's <laughs> like, wait a minute. And be like, yeah, but did it make sense to you? There's that confirmation bias for you. It's fine. You, you know what? Sometimes you just like to click a button, open a newspaper, and get a compliment. <laughs> you know, it's like, oh, you are driven and refuse to be unsuccessful. Or for the other one, you are successful and refuse to not be driven. Ooh, Guys, don't ruin the magic. It's all real. <laughs> <laughs> the most real is my horoscope for today by Weird Al Yankovic. Yeah, yeah. Yep. No, I agree. I agree. I'm Sagittarius. Don't laugh behind my back. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I mean, but really, guys, what are the odds that um, that we have to steal this little girl's teddy bear? Oh, good. We were thinking the same thing. Right? The little doll? I, was, I was so ready to beat up a little girl. Yeah. I'm oh, sorry, the little doll. <laughs> like, good. I have so much movement speed. I could just, like, take her. I could deck her in one hit. Yeah, but, but Tess doesn't have the, the moral stomach for that. Slash definitely does, though. Troubadour does, <laughs> and he's the same height. Let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> David, you have the rest of the cards written in front of you? We got the Conjurer, the Marionette. What did everyone else uh, I got the Shepherd. I think there was also the Anarchist. That would have been mine, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Technically, Tess drew them all. Did yeah. she shuffle while she was sitting there? <laughs> or they we were did already... shuffle a okay. lot. Okay. Mm. She was sitting there and saying creepy things and then dealt them out. Yeah, she was doing like those like super like those super shuffle tricks where they like hold the hands like eight feet apart and, and just like 
make it make it go in a little arc. What did you add a couple of elbows to your arms and like double joint? And, it's like... the domains of dread. It's fine. <laughs> Eighteen decks, dude. Yeah. You guys have your theories about the words that were spoken from Tess's mouth. I can go over them again, right quick. Tess said, "This is the journey's final mile." Let us see where the road will end. Go to where the innocent at the root of evil slept. Beloved of a child long gone, it carries secrets and may help you reach victory. So we steal the doll. The conflict will end where healer turned oath breaker. A power thwarts your nemesis. And you may emerge victorious. Yeah, I don't know. I've been thinking about it a lot. And once again, we discussed it briefly last time. But for a quick recap, it's like, what perspective is this from? Is this from Madame Radonovich's perspective? Is this from VR's perspective? Is this from one of our perspectives? You know, it's difficult to sort of say. I think we can all presume that we want to think it's from VR's perspective because it's his manner. Which then sort of, you know, tempers and, and, and colors what these cards mean. So it's like, healer turned Oathbreaker. Okay, so when did VR decide that he was going to genocide an entire group of Vistani? You know, the child at this point then would be, you know, Erasmus, you know? So, okay, that makes sense. But then if we switch the narrative to, okay, what if it's not VR? What if it's Madame Radonovich? Then that completely changes where everything is. So... Or what if it's, say, some rando from Clan Ostium? Or maybe Troubadour has a brother he forgot about. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it's- I, I like to think that um, it wasn't necessarily a... It was sort of like the mists in general with the whole narrative of the story, where it's not malicious, it's not um, benevolent, it just is. And... I at least in my in my my main theory is when Tess walked into that room, she wasn't possessed by Radonovich. She was possessed by the Vistani spirit that was lingering within that Taroka deck. So the Taroka deck took control of her so it could be given voice to give us a reading for us. I don't think it would make sense that we would be privy to someone else's fate. You know? Mm. We're not Madame Lysenia. We don't have a dude with, like, big, meaty hands on our side. Not yet. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, give there, it time. There's all kinds. Of, as you said, There's. I think that's the kind of help they hire here at the Van Richten Manor. Yeah. Wait, maybe the groundskeeper is literally Rafa 2.0. <laughs> it's true. The, the groundskeeper does have some fairly big, meaty hands. Oh, damn it. It's actually Rafa. Just, like, <laughs> in with a mustache and freaking... And much yeah. younger. No, no, no. I'm, I'm imagining Rafa just with, like, one of those Groucho Marks, like, disguises, glasses, <laughs> and the mustache. <laughs> They'll never know it was me, except I don't talk. This is my internal monologue. My name is Rafa. It's fine. Cut that out. <laughs> uh, that was the card was uh, the cards were in a drawer too. So it's not like the cards themselves were like there's there's more power than just the item itself or you know line of effect or this or that the other thing. You walked into a room and were basically possessed. And went over and uh, dealt with this thing. Well, how'd the cards even get there to begin with? Because I don't think Wood Van Richten's manor or whoever was in there decide to keep these Taroka deck in there in the waiting room of all places. I don't know what's in Lady's Purchase, man, and I don't ask. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just saying it could be planted, right? So it's like, what's going on? Because I don't think Van Richten and and his family and his manor would keep such a powerful magical artifact of some kind or items that have the power to possess just freely in an entrance room. Who's to say that they're even magic anymore? Ooh. All right, redo. <laughs> nah, um, I mean... Point is, how? the only way we're going to find answers is if we go and explore this. So how about we play some D&D? You want to play some D&D? Let's play some D&D. Let's rob a child. <laughs> what? <laughs> Let's play some D&D. All right, let's do it. There you guys. We're right in the hallway, the ground floor of 
Van Richten's childhood home, Richten House. You had just exited the ladies' waiting room where Tess, like we just said, was seemingly possessed and performed a Taroka reading. As you were exiting back into the hallway, though, the dining room doors kind of burst open at the other end of the hall, and this young little red-headed girl with pigtails got this nice little dress on. She's holding a doll. It's also got a very nice, clean little dress on. You can tell the doll is very well cared for. And she immediately recognizes old Dr. Van Richten and seems to view him as a child as well because she gets all excited to see her childhood friend and says, Rudy? And that's kind of where we left off. So how does everyone react in the moment? I freeze. Everyone knows that children can't see movement. So (laughs) if we all just make a really high stealth roll, it'll just be Rudy. (laughs) Um, Slash will do the only sensible thing and look to him and ask, do you recognize this little girl? He responds by telling you that he, it's kind of like when he, saw Casimir. He says, she is, her name was Greta, but I fear she probably remembers much more about me than I do of her. I was six years old when last I saw her. Oh, shit, yeah. Like, I'm 31, and I don't remember a lot of people I knew in grade primary. Right, it's the kind of the same deal. I mean... You know, it's hardly more than a a name, really. I mean, you know. Yeah, you might have, like, even, like, a really good friend from when you were four and never met them and never saw them again because they moved away or something. You would have, like, two or three key memories, if that. Like, you remember you played tag one time and they fell down and they cried. Right, exactly. And And this would be, you know, long before the days of Facebook, too, right? So yeah. it's not like... What's Those, Gretchen, Gretchen up to now? Greta up to now? Well, even, you know, you don't even have, like, captured memories that, you know, sometimes these days there's people from years back that I think I remember them because I can I still have access to pictures and stuff of those days. Yeah. But do I really remember them? I don't know. He, Van Richten certainly does not remember her very well. Yeah, especially when you're close in octogenarian have been hunting monsters most of your life and have recently been very much tortured. Yeah, yeah, his brain isn't in his brain isn't in a good place for like remembering us in the morning, you know? He says, "I do remember her name was Greta though. Her and my sister Maria." Oh, the only two that I have ever let call me Rudy. But before he can go on and explain or question this little Greta, you hear another voice coming from the dining room. Matter of fact, you hear a little bit of activity back there now, a bit of clattering, a, a pots and pans, some forks against plates, those kinds of sounds. And you just hear, Greta! Come finish your apple. Aww. And Greta, like, just turns heel and runs back into the kitchen. Maybe maybe the apple is her prized possession. Maybe. Um, what do we do? Do we follow her? Do we try to... Do we hope that they don't believe a small child that R- Rudolf Venerton is home? I... And- I say we keep going with the, hey, he got home early and we were his escorts idea. Uh, Maybe or maybe not play with the, uh, wait, maybe that was Joseph. We should look for Joseph. 
We should see if that apple has secrets. (laughs) Alternatively, we continue with our anonymity before we engage with people, investigate the rest of the manor, perhaps find any written information, and then engage the people. I mean, sure. Normally, I'd be slightly cautious, but we do have basically their boss right here. Or at least their boss's boy. Fair. I'm just wondering how long, how far that's going to take us. I mean, if we... If you were someone who worked at a place and you saw a group of four strangers surrounding a six-year-old boy, like, leading them around upstairs, you would ask some questions. Yes, there is candy. All right, cool. Moving on. Uh, (laughs) Uh, Well, so far, nothing's been, you know... Wanting to attack us or kill us or anything, though. Not yet. No, but I think we might be safe to at least keep playing with this ruse until until otherwise. So let's try and keep it diplomatic, not make any, you know, aggressive moves. And see where it takes and see what information we can get from all these people. Once again, we must return to our objective, which is to aid in... Van Richten's exposure therapy. In your dream, Van Richten, you said you had found a a bestial image of yourself. Do you recall where in the mansion this would happen? Yes, I was greeted by it at the front door. It is there that the dream ends. Mm. All right. Is well, the, is there a peephole in the front door? No, unfortunately not. Oh. There are windows to either side. Um, when Erasmus was born, did he share the same, did he use the same room that you did when you grew up? Grew up? Yes, he did. I am assuming that you have all told me everything that I said, um, that I sort of blacked out for. Yes? Yes. <laughs> cool. <laughs> the first thing that she, uh, it, I said was to go to where the innocent at the root of evil slept. Would that would that not be Van Richten, I, either him or his son? I mean, the bedrooms are all pretty close. Let's toss them all! Yeah, I think the bedroom makes sense. Let's head there. The bedrooms would be on the second floor. That would be skipping a lot, but I mean, at least we know where everyone is from the from the dining room. Are you guys trying Sorry. to actively hide from the dining room right now? Because you're still like, you're having yeah. a conversation in the hallway in front of the dining room. Are you trying to actively hide? I mean, slashes at the very least. That's If anyone's trying to actively hide from the open dining room doors, I need a stealth check at this point. This point being 1215. Oh my in the God. <laughs> 15 minutes past noon. You know what? A stealth te- check from Tro Ubador is just as good as saying no. So. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, Looster got a dirty 20. Uh, Slash got a 15. Troubadour got a 15 with disadvantage and heavy armor. Hell wow. Yeah. Uh, Tess got a 27. Don't worry about it. I'm amazing. Well, with that, then, if the intent is to hide, you guys manage to kind of slink back into you go around the corner maybe hide behind the stairs or you can go back into the ladies waiting room uh there's even a little musician's nook in this hallway where uh you know someone would like sit and play a cello during a fancy dinner party Ooh. Uh, you guys maybe it, it very much is you guys managed to kind of Duck behind a corner as you hear, just barely hear the voice of Greta uh, say, No, really, Rudy's home. All right, we don't appear to be seen for now. Do we make the adults think that she is a liar or do we expose ourselves? We seem to have to be, we seem to be at the crossroads. That's a little mean. We still don't even know the nature of these people. Like, I mean, they seem to be. They seem to be rather neutral. Like I don't, I don't think they're going to attack us. But we don't know that for sure. You just know that they are undead, and that they are replaying the two days before 
they were all found dead. Yeah. It's uh, what other voices like we hear uh, Greta saying that, but how many people are like, no, I'd be like, children should be quiet. <laughs> Give me a perception check. 19. Including young Greta, there are four voices in that room. Okay. I think we can take them. I say we take the diplomatic approach and go from there. If they attack us, then we be stealthy for the rest of the whole thing, if we can. If our intention is to take the alternate plan into the bedroom, uh, that would be on the second floor. We would have to go up the stairs. Up directly, the stairs. directly past the dining room, it looks like, on the map here. We also, if we take the diplomatic route, we can have four people helping us as opposed to just the five of us searching for things in the house. We could also have four enemies attacking us instead of zero. Well, I like to look at the grave half full and not half empty. (laughs) (laughs) The mausoleum is very full, though. Yeah, that's uh, that's not up for debate. I think it's no secret at this point that this was all laid in trap for us. It's very obvious from the mausoleum, from the coffins we saw in the graveyard, uh, to even Casimir and how he was reacting. The us is not the royal us. The us is one man. I don't think they give a crap about us. We are collateral damage. I am really curious to know how much these specters or whatever they are, how much of their memories they actually have. Because maybe maybe something strange was happening that's leading up to all this. We could ask them if there's anything different. Let's go ask. Two of us say ask. Yeah, I'm kind of with you. I, we need more information. You can hang in the back if you're scared of banshees. Oh, no, four banshees. <laughs> yeah. David, you can hang in the back if you're scared of banshees. David will, Looster won't. <laughs> <laughs> Slash sort of rolls his eyes, but... Knowing that you guys aren't exactly what we call uh, talky talkers or talking heads or the face of the group, uh, he will begrudgingly go with you. I like it. If we're going to talk, might as well be him. Exactly. Well, Van Richten first, and then if we need to come up with a quick bullshit excuse. (laughs) (laughs) So to the dining room? Yeah, yeah. I'm... I'm just going to be, it's going to, like, those people are going to be my second floor of Dominia. (laughs) (laughs) That's right. That's all you needed to say. Yeah. Yeah. We could go to the second floor of Van Richten House. We can do that after. (laughs) Yeah, that's what we said about Dominia. (laughs) (laughs) I'll just get on a boat, sail off into the sunset. Just like, I wonder what those NPCs are doing. But yeah, no, I, it's going to bother me if we don't find out what they know, you know? I'm sorry. No, it's a solid plan. There's nothing to apologize for. You guys scoot your way back over to the open dining room doors now that you've had a moment to discuss your options. And you look into a very, very fancy room. There is a long walnut table that's standing on top of a dark carpet in this big old rectangular room. There's nearly 20 feet of empty space at either end of the table, uh, suggesting that extra leaves can be added to accommodate many more guests at this walnut table if need be. Currently, there are three chairs that line either side and a seventh at the head of the table, right next to a fireplace which is lit. There's rich paneling rising from the hardwood floor that stops two feet from the ceiling, above which fine porcelain plates rest inside a wire racks. Classic. Mm Mm-hmm. The little plates are all painted, too. They all have little paintings of, like, old-style houses and villages suggesting that the the plates were never used to serve any meals. They're just decorative. In one corner of the room stands glass-covered cabinets that are full of 
excellent dinner service and good crystal. The stuff they do use is still very, very nice. Very, very nice. Beautiful wood carvings. Encircling a plain white plaster ceiling. How am I doing, David? How is my... <laughs> You're doing fantastic. I can envision this perfectly, although that's a god-awful tall fireplace. Cripes. Huh. <laughs> is it up to code? No. They're rich. They can do whatever they want. It's true. There's a wide brass chandelier hanging from the middle of the ceiling. I hope we fight them so I get to swing off of that. (laughs) There is a young, beautiful-looking lady with pale blonde hair and gray eyes wearing this kind of like plain skirt and tunic. She is currently getting or trying her best to keep Greta at the table to finish her apples. The groundskeeper that you saw through the window, who was getting ready to leave, the guy you saw like making a pile of leaves outside of the building, he is in here as well. Little Greta is in there arguing over whether or not she's going to take another bite of apple. (laughs) And overseeing it all, sitting at the head of the table, is who you assume to be Joseph. Definitely dressed as like the head butler. Very clean garb. He's got like that Victorian style poofy white shirt. (gasps) It's a poofy white shirt, guys. Hell yeah. Looser just shakes his head. <laughs> <laughs> little overcoat on top of the poofy white shirt. They're eating apples, some eggs. You can tell that the quarter wheel of cheese they've been slicing from is under Jack. Oh. But as you approach the open doors who you assume to be Joseph, kind of like, you know, he pushes his chair back, gets right up. Oh, young Master Van Richten. Weren't expecting you today. That is a delightful voice. That's what uh, everybody's been saying. He's a sneaky one, that young Master Van Richten. Yes, he, he would not take no for an answer. He wanted to come back home a little early and... Well, you know, the old master gets what he wants. Wouldn't you know that, Joseph? Yes, that's right, Joseph. <laughs> Joseph Beers. I take care of Richton House while Van Richten's aren't at home, and while they are as well. Friends of yours, young master Van Richten? And Van Richten nods. Uh, yes, Joseph, the... Uh, they're friends of mine. I would appreciate it if you could give them the run of the house. Of course, of course, if there's anything you need. Does anyone need anything to eat? We have apples, eggs, underjack cheese from Riverless. Ooh. I could go for a slice. Elise, please, please. And, uh... The woman with the pale blonde hair and gray eyes, this Elise, goes and gets you some clean plates from that cabinet in the corner of the room. Ooh. Sets a few plates down in front of you. Please help yourself. Oh, well, thank you very much. You are right, uh, sir. I mean, um, young master, uh, the, the... Service here is impeccable. Oh, thank you, thank you. Any friend of young Master Van Richten's or a friend of ours, will you be requiring any arrangements, young Master Van Richten? Uh, I assume you'll be staying in your bedroom. I I can have some rooms prepared for your guests. Oh, that would be that would be perfect. Uh, everyone seems all right with that. She like looks to. The rest of us. Tribador nods. Slash also nods. Lustra, who hasn't taken a seat and is 
going to remain standing. Also takes a nod. Just staring at that poofy white shirt <laughs> with disgust. <laughs> Vomit on it. If, if you don't mind me asking, um, is anything... Is everything all right in in the household? Nothing, nothing strange over the past couple of days. We just uh, no no horses running about. Anything like that? We heard we heard down in Rivalis that uh, a horse was running up this way. It got uh, it got unhitched from the carriage. Just uh, not nothing nothing strange came into the to the the grounds, did it? Nothing. No, nothing at all like that. I have been looking for Casimir all damn morning. He's late. Never late. Everyone knows we do lunch at noon sharp. This estate requires a lot of schedules, and we must stick to those schedules to keep everything maintained. Noon sharp, lunch. Of course, a man after my own heart. And it's 12.20. Oh, God damn it. (laughs) And still no sign of Casimir. Are you sure you haven't seen Casimir, Carl? And he looks over to the groundskeeper, calls him Carl. Carl. And the groundskeeper just shakes his head no while he's eating his under jack. Casimir, Casimir, late for lunch. And young Master Van Richten here, no less. Even more reason to stick on schedule. Slash will interject, you must forgive poor Casimir. It would seem the... Young master might have played a small prank, explaining that it was his birthday today. So he is perhaps out of sorts at the current moment. But I assure you that Casimir, as we came through the front gate this morning, uh, is fine and well. Um, he is working as expected. Uh, however, I am unsure of why his absence is felt this moment, whether it be as a result of a harmless prank or not is yet to be seen. Deception check. Hell yeah. Oh, man. Um, that is 25. Holy shit. I believe that. Joseph looks displeased by this news. One, because he forgot Van Richten's birthday. He's like, oh, <laughs> shit. <laughs> but secondly, because you just see him grumbling like, oh, of course, Birthday party, likely excuse Casimir. <laughs> Ooh, I'm sensing some strain between the, uh, mm-hmm. the gatekeeper and the keeper of the house. Maybe a little bit of strain between Joseph and Casimir. They used to date. Uh, like, like they kept track of the dates on the calendar so they could keep it organized. Maybe. Um, maybe. Little Greta hearing this, though, pipes up as well. She's, does that mean Thane's not here either? Well, no, of course not. If Casimir's not here, then that hound isn't either. I finished my apple, though. Can I go outside? No. <laughs> and Joseph nods his head. Let's go on, my dear. Thanks, Dad. Oh, ah, okay. Oh. As uh, Greta's going by, uh, Troubadour will be like, I love your little doll. Hello, little doll. Tell me your secrets. <laughs> <laughs> Shoot. At 12.25, little Greta runs off to go play, finishes her apple, and runs off to go play. That bothers me a lot, because if everything is set to a schedule, if he's not here if 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 it's not something that we did to change his schedule something's all like something's already happening yeah i just wrote 1225 greta goes to die <laughs> um <laughs> slash will call out uh to greta and to joseph in turn perhaps the young miss would appreciate introducing van richten young master van richten's dear friends through the house perhaps learning a bit of the trade as an attempt to, like, keep her here. She will look towards her father. It's her father you're going to have to convince. Yeah. Uh, persuasion check. Hey, something else the bard is good at. <laughs> oh, sugar. I wish that was so- 19. Oh, my God. <laughs> she begs her father. And says, 
yeah, can I show them the house? And sure enough, he agrees with a little reassuring word from Slash. I suppose so. But don't get in anyone's way. Plus, I just cleaned the floors up there yesterday. Don't go running around all over the place. Oh, man. It's going to be so dusty up there. (laughs) (laughs) A bit of of an odd request. Can I do, like, an insight check to see if, like, all these people are actually genuinely believing their own words? Or is it kind of, like, automated? Like... I don't know. I feel like there's a there's a greater force at large, and I'm wondering. I'm not sure if there's a role that I can do to determine is are these people being possessed by something greater and that's telling them to act this way, or is this genuinely these people acting of their own volition? Is there? If I can't, I get it. Kind of an ethereal ask. Is Give it, me a insight check, just in general, to see if you can kind of read the room. Seventeen. That's pretty good. Like, they don't seem like they're hiding anything. They do seem, just like Casimir did, to truly believe that Van Richten is this little kid. And they're going about their daily business like everything's perfectly normal and you don't feel like it's an act. With 17 too, I'll also give you that you pick up maybe a little bit of tension... Not only that tension between Joseph and Casimir that you've already picked up on, even though Casimir's not even here, you pick up a little bit. You're not even sure if it's tension coming from Carl. Carl keeps kind of looking over at Elise. Ooh. And she doesn't even give him the time of day. Like, if you watch Elise, it's like Carl, like Carl might as well not even be in the room. But he does keep, like, kind of looking over and almost, like, shuffling his feet and trying to make eye contact with her. But he never succeeds. Mm. Ah. Okay, okay. Do we get a makeover episode for the groundskeeper? How very Downton Abbey of you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, When they're talking to young master Van Richten, are they keeping the eye line with uh, Van Richten as an adult, or are they looking basically at Troubadour's height? Are they looking at his knees while they're talking to him? No, yeah. they're looking at him right in the eyes. So, but they, they just like shrug it off like everything's normal. Yeah, yeah. he's just a super tall six year old. Yeah, I mean, sort of <laughs> like, like scoliosis. Fanta- <laughs> sort of like that line in Phantasmal Force. It's probably like they're like the they just rationalize whatever weirdness is happening as yeah. long as that's... they can even take damage from it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's that might be a good way. To put it for sure, Colin, yeah, it's very... There's some. There's something obviously wrong, but they are not processing they're it. They're not. They're rash. They're just perfectly fine with the yeah. fact that he's tall and old. It's above their pay grade, Got, yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, that sounds lovely. Um, Is there anything else that is on... Uh, before? Just before we get shown around, is there anything else that is on the schedule I would not want to get in your way, or I would not want to be late for the next uh, e- event of the day? One o'clock volleyball tournament. (laughs) (laughs) No! Winner gets Elise's hand. (laughs) Like, actually, though. (laughs) Slash clutches his right shoulder. (laughs) Tess eyeballs the bone saw. (laughs) All right, it's shirts or robes. (laughs) Blouses win. (laughs) (laughs) No volleyball tournament. Says, no, of course I will have to clean up from lunch, start making the preparations for dinner, of course, go over the ledgers and the duties for the day, go over all the numbers, that kind of thing. Typically, I would check in with the gatehouse keeper, but apparently he can't make a 12 noon lunch on time. <laughs> well, if we're headed back down that way, we'll... Give him a stern talking to in your in your name, sir. I would appreciate it. Of course, that rascal Casimir probably off pay, playing fetch. Hmm. With the dog that he definitely still has. <laughs> so little Greta runs up and says, Oh, I'm joining you around the house, I think. Come on! <laughs> <laughs> um, before we leave, uh, Salash will look to Joseph what time should you expect little Greta to return? So if you let her lead the way, she'll 
have this tour done in five minutes and be playing at her tea parties in about ten. (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like a perfect day. Sounds absolutely precious. (laughs) I see. Well, she will be back shortly then. Wonderful. I I know that I wouldn't mind seeing the the highest room in the house at some point during our tour, but uh, lead the way, Greta. She's already, like, halfway down the hall. Like, uh, she's standing on the first stair of the staircase. And from there, she's just pointing her fingers to different rooms. She's like, that's the ladies' room. That's the men's room. That's the receiving room. That's the dining room. That's the musician's nook. That's the pantry, the kitchen, the silverware cabinet. Chapel's that way. I think that's everything on the first floor. Let's go upstairs. And she's, like, hoofing it. I love her. L- Lustra is going to run right after her. Finally, an NPC that doesn't take forever. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty. So I guess, so once again, just to make sure that we got this correct, um, women's room, men's room, um, for those at home, I'm just looking at a map and making sure that I got everything notated correctly. Um, dining room, receiving room, question mark. Yeah, let me double check here, make sure I didn't miss any. Ladies withdrawing room... A receiving room. There's like a little terrace outside. Like there's a door that leads out onto a a little closed off terrace. The men's withdrawing room, musician's nook, dining room, chapel, kitchen pantry, a little butler's kitchen and a silver vault, an ice box. Oh, almost forgot. Yeah. And then she points over like towards the area that the butler's kitchen and the pantry and all that stuff is like all that those little rooms are kind of behind one closed door and a little section of the house off by themselves like that way there's a lift too but it's scary and shaky we're taking the stairs (laughs) 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 oh i love her this is great so there's a little there's a little lift that like the butlers and servants can use to get you know behind the scenes when there's a big party Little dumb waiter, hell can't, yeah! Can't have the help being seen. <laughs> oh. Oh. oh man, this is getting more and more tragic. All these people die in like thirty hours. <laughs> Maybe they don't. Oh, you're right. Maybe it's less. <laughs> 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 we could make it a lot less, guys. I'm just saying. <laughs> but yeah, uh, Tesh is gonna dash up the stairs, sort of caught up in uh, in Greta's energy. Awesome. The staircase opens up into a room on the second floor. It's a big old chamber, very well appointed with attractive furniture, several large paintings in this room. There's very rich carpeting, tapestries, a lot like the withdrawing rooms that are found downstairs. But unlike the... uh, withdrawing rooms below this area is just surrounded by doors and hallways so the area you're in according to greta is the parlor and she starts pointing at doors and saying that's a bedroom 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 that one's a bathroom with a bed that sort of folds out. <laughs> <laughs> ah, the, the I saw one special. person sleep in a tub one time. It was weird. Oh, <laughs> uh, which one's uh, Van Richten's room? Rudy's room. It's over there. She points off to a door, and then a door not f- too far from it says, "That's the music room over there." Ooh. And then she points to the stairs that keep going up. You know, you could get off on this floor, but the stairs keep going up. She says, "We well, keep going." Up there is, uh, there's a smoking room. I'm not allowed in that one. And there's a clinic. There's some offices. Uh, oh, Joseph sleeps on the third. His rooms are up there. Hmm. All right. Uh, there, there must be. I noticed, uh, when we were coming out, coming outside, there was a, a little, a little small balcony on, was it the second floor? Yeah, there's balconies on every floor. Yeah, I bet you can see all across the estate from somewhere up here. Is there Mm -hmm. anywhere that's really cool like that? Yeah, any window, really. I like this room, though. And then she, like, runs over to 
there's a herald's balcony on the second floor for like where someone would stand and announce people coming to the dinner parties. You stand here and you say silly things like, Mr. Van Richten has arrived. And she stands there and pretends to be like she puffs her chest out a little bit, tries to look tall. Oh, can I try? Go for it. Tessa, like, walk up and say, Mr. Van Richten has a rye bread sandwich. Like, looks down to see if that made her laugh. She's giggling, but I need Tess to make me a con save. No. Why is it always me? I'm just kidding. You're fine. You're fine. You're fine. Oh. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> what, what's great about that is that we all thought you were entirely serious. <laughs> <laughs> what is it? What is it? Uh, but then she keeps pointing up the stairs. Says, yeah, all those rooms are up there. Uh, if you want to get to the attic, you have to take the elevator. I'm not going in that thing with you. So, tea party? <laughs> Slash will ask, where's the tea party? So, me and Dolly like to get fresh air. Usually just out back. Is that, where, is that where Dolly likes to live? Mm-hmm. No, she lives in the house with me in my bedroom, silly. But that's where we play, at least until Dad says we have to come in for dinner. We're not allowed to go too far from the house. That's adorable. Does Dolly have a name? Or or is yeah. Dolly a title? Dolly. Her, <laughs> is her last name Parton? Why no. Why would it be Parton? Why that's... would that be a thing? <laughs> <laughs> that's a stupid sounding name. You're stupid. <laughs> yeah, a lot. <laughs> Not even a little bit. Is Dolly... Dolly looks precious. Is she super precious to you? Uh, yeah. Dolly uh, comes with me everywhere. Okay. Tell me your secrets. Yeah, I know. It's like... like, like Slash looks over at Troubadour, and it's like... He sort of nods knowingly, and it's like, you're picking up what I'm putting down kind of thing. She's with me all the time. I tell her everything. Oh. That's adorable. Her, her clothes, are they silk? Cashmere? Maybe from a llama? Dolly? Llama? No? Okay. Um, you're stupid, too. I really am. <laughs> I really am. <laughs> uh, Alrighty. Well, it would seem that the tour has concluded. Uh, let us go see your father so that he knows that you're done. You did an excellent job. Um... And then we can certainly go outside, perhaps, and have our tea party. Does it look like it has been, everything was dusted and such and swept yesterday? Oh, yeah. mm. Or does it look like we're, yeah, trailing through just centuries of, or not centuries, decades of dust? I don't think it even takes much of a perception check to realize that these floors have not been clean in a very, very long time decades mm. but you can give me a perception check there troubadour actually uh sorry go ahead and give me a survival i think is what this falls under oh that's a five mm. oh yeah i mean if the like anything that has moved through these upper rooms like in with like recently would probably have stirred up a lot of the like decades of dust. Absolutely. Is, and yeah. is there any kind of footprints going in and out of the bedrooms on in the parlor? There are, yeah, there are some tracks in the dust up here. Uh with that five, it's hard to tell. They're just such a mess that it's hard to tell, you know, whose feet they would have belonged to, but there's no denying that there are tracks in the dust, that's for sure. The servants wouldn't have gone in the young master's room. Like, we, could we check if there are, like, f- footprints that would, like, be places that servants wouldn't go? Yeah, you remember the door that Greta pointed to that said was Rudy's room. And, yeah, there's no disturbance in the dust in front of that door. All right. Well, darn. Well, tour's over. Five minutes or less. Nailed it. Twelve <laughs> thirty. Bye. <laughs> uh, but before you go, Greta, mm-hmm. um, where would Erasmus stay? 
Who? Hmm. Forgive me. Um, where would Van Richten's friends stay mm. if they had a room? Yeah, anywhere Joseph decides we'll put them up, I guess. Depends on how many people. So let's say four. And she he gestures to the four of us. Huzzah! Yes, they might just put you in one of the guest rooms here. Not really guest rooms. I think all all these are taken. I guess there's upstairs. There's a blue room that a lot of guests stay in sometimes. They call it the blue room because everything's blue. <laughs> Very how, astute. How eccentric. All right. Well, that sounds like you've done a, a very good job worth a very, very extravagant tea party. I mean, I feel like we could join her for that, yes? Oh, you're coming for the tea party. I mean, I'm not sure. I thought that was an invite. It might have just not been. I'd... How can a tour be complete if we don't understand the grounds around the house? All right. <laughs> if if we're heading back downstairs, Tess kind of wants to hang back. I, I really want to... I really want to see if I can get a view of the grounds from the highest point in the house. Like if we can, if I can get to the attic. Um, so, I mean, we could even send her off. I just didn't know if we. No, that's fine. More stuff. Um, Slash can recover this. Greta, um, does Dolly have everything she needs before we go to the tea party? Is there anything you might need from your room? Maybe some teacups or a little table, anything like that? No. No? <laughs> Damn. Damn. Pre- well-prepared kid. Well-prepared kid. Everything's downstairs. I just take some mugs from the kitchen. <laughs> I'm not supposed to, but I take them every time. <laughs> <laughs> I see. Alrighty, then please, uh, if you may escort me. Um, if you don't mind, um, and then she'll look back at the group. Um before we go outside, it's always important to, to know this before you go anywhere, is does anyone need to use the bathroom? Oh, in the worst way. <laughs> Tess will, like, be super shifty. <laughs> Slash will sort of, you know, almost glare, just almost as if, like, just, just play along kind of thing and don't be obvious. This is me playing along. <laughs> <laughs> Alrighty, I'm sure some of my friends will use the washroom and they'll meet us outside shortly. Okay. Okay. Let's go. So you're going to go outside and have a tea party with... With Greta, yes. With Greta. While the rest of you... I... I guess... Well, I... I I, ha- I want to go up to the... Like, to the attic, see if we can see out and see the grounds. I just want to look back towards the gatehouse and see if there's anything rancid happening there. Like that that's my from, goal for from here um, you would know you're asking if you can see the gatehouse from here, yeah, like would I be able to see you like can't. over okay, you can't no, there's like forests and all that okay. stuff in between windy pad, you just can't cool, so like the highest point in the house wouldn't wouldn't crest past the trees I mean not certainly not not you enough might to see the little tip of the second floor, but no, not enough to like be like, what's Casimir doing cool, 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 cool. It's almost a from here to there uh, on the path that you guys took, took the better part of 30 minutes to walk. So. That's fair. That's fair. Okay. I, uh, hmm. Well, Looster's going to go and follow Salash to have the tea party. I love that. Uh, I love that you're thinking that, though. And that kind of, it's funny because it kind of goes back to what we said a few episodes ago where it's like, when time's a factor, so you really do want to be in more than one place at the same time, and it really becomes, you know, what time do do we want to be here? What time do we want to be there? It's scary. Split the party. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Um, but you're contemplating these things at 1235. Okay. And at 1235, it sounds like, the very least, Greta, Slash, and Looster are heading back downstairs. Greta is going to snag some cups from that crystal cabinet downstairs in the kitchen. Everyone totally sees her doing it, but no <laughs> one says much to her. Aww. But Carl, Elise, and Joseph are still in there 
when you guys walk in, uh, Slash and Lustra. Nothing has really changed, and you guys are free to like go off to the backyard, have a little tea party with Greta. She kind of sets up camp, really just right outside the back door. Uh, there's not much realness to it. It's <laughs> a very imaginary tea party. But in the meantime, what are Tess and Troubadour doing? Or was it your intention to follow as well? I was going to not leave Tess back behind by herself. If she wanted to go anywhere and climb or snoop in any rooms, at least we're, uh, you know, half and half. And where was VR in all of this? VR is still taking the same approach that he kind of said he was going to take a few episodes back. He is right behind. If you have questions for him, he's there to answer them. Uh, but this is weirding him out to the point that he's he doesn't want to touch anything. He doesn't want to be the one to make any decisions here. So let me so rephrase. He's, is, he's right behind, though. Is, is he with Troubadour and Tess, or is he with Lustra and Slash? It's up to you guys. Up to us. Okay. Tea time or tea time? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it would make more sense for Van Richten to be with Greta. Um, we might be able to get more information out that way. Sure. You can cast message. Sure can. And I uh, can go through a house. Point your finger towards a creature within range. Um, you can cast it through solid objects if you're familiar with the target and know it's beyond the barrier. One foot of stone, one inch of common metal, and a thin sheet of lead, or three feet of wood. Yeah, you'll be able to get message through a lot of parts, not all, but some. A lead-lined house. <laughs> no, all no right. kidding. It's not lead-lined, but, you know... You know, yeah. after a wall or two, you get to that one foot of stone thing, I think, right? I don't yeah. know if it's cumulative or not, but either way, you're good for most of the house. Okay. Fair. It's got a range of 120 feet. I'm not sure if that's, I'm sure that's important to some degree. Just message us or like, you know, walk towards the house and keep doing it. If you two get into trouble, uh, if we get into trouble, we'll just run away and bring it to you. Of yeah. course. Well, doctor, um, when... Erasmus grew up. Was his room the same as the one you grew up in? It was. I understand if you want to stay outside of the room, but I think it's very important that we check to see if it's as he left it. Yes, perhaps I should come with you for that. Mm, I right. suppose that's, that's fair. That's fair. Knowledge only I would have. Meanwhile, Lustra and Slash can go down and uh, play party. <laughs> Hmm. Okay. All so right. yeah, let's... the scene on the second floor is Troubadour, Tess, and Van Richten walking towards the door that little Greta said was Van Richten's bedroom, Rudy's bedroom, hmm. who Van Richten is telling you was also Erasmus's bedroom. Yeah. Oh, man, that's going to stir up some memories. Oh, uh is open this simple unlocked door then door to the boy's bedroom inside is a small bed that suggests that this was indeed a child's room there's an empty pitcher that nests within a porcelain basin on a wash table on one wall stands this tall wardrobe Against the other wall stands this child-sized desk over which hangs a painting of a ship at sea. At the foot of the bed is a leather-covered chest, and upon the plain white plastered walls hangs a larger painting depicting a magnificent horse that's leaping over a stone fence as its rider is clinging desperately to the mane. There's also numerous pegs. There's a wooden peg on the back of the door that you just swung open. And Van Richten confirms and says, just as I remember it, his bedroom was... Mine as a child later became Erasmus's. Since the night of his abduction, no one has slept in here. 
but he points at the clothes and stuff hanging from the pegs. This is but all his belongings are untouched. And you look and all. It's all Erasmus-sized clothing. And it's all very much clothing that kind of mimics his father's. It's all very scholarly, a tiny little overcoat. Oh. There's a small, poofy white shirt. The desk is, like, full of, there's, like, scars from pencils and quills, you know, so much writing that the top of the desk is all marked. It's clear that this was the bedroom of a studious little boy. Now what? Is this the kind of situation you would rather untouched, sir, or, uh? Given the evil circumstances of whatever's messing with you, are we all right to investigate? He looks hesitant to answer. Let's do what you will. I think, as hard as it is, I think this entire, all of these grounds have been profaned already. And if there's anything that we can do to end that, I think it is the lesser evil. Yes? I think so. I hope so, because that's what we're going to do. Let's roll this place. Uh, so Troubadour is going to take a step in. Okay. <laughs> he just has a pose. Nothing tries to bite him. Like, okay. You take a step in. <laughs> All hell doesn't break loose. <laughs> there you go. All right. I'll go right to that desk. Going to look inside, look around, see if anything's scrawled in it, on it, under it. The mark's on top. Are all very just random little marks. You don't see any like words scribed into the desk or anything like that. You slide the wooden drawer open, and inside the desk are numerous papers. They're all filled with basic math and grammar problems. Actually, I shouldn't say basic. Some of the math is pretty gosh darn complicated for a young little boy but it's a desk full of homework man what are we looking for it's something to help us break out of this solve whatever's going on um and even though greta you know, Greta made it clear that she didn't know who the heck Erasmus was. She remembers Dr. Rudolf Van Richten is a six-year-old boy. Uh, but Van Richten, when you pull open the desk drawer and show him those papers, nods and confirms that is my boy's writing. Oh, and we would probably recognize that too. You would absolutely recognize yeah. his handwriting from the times he's drawn spectrally in the air. It's 100% Erasmus's writing. Oh, that's beautiful writing that I've never seen before at all. <laughs> uh, um. We flash back to like one of the, the two days that we spent in the tower and Erasmus is just like, hi, this is what my handwriting looks like. <laughs> I haven't shown up in a while. Um, nice to meet you. Bye. But yeah, I if if we talked about it, I knew uh, our test was like, oh, by the way, don't mention his sons nearby. He will get very angry. Uh, so yeah, Troubadour just sh shuts his mouth a little on that. Um, well, that card said go to where uh, the... Innocent at the root of evil slept. I'm gonna, gonna get on the floor. Spider climbs, scurry across the floor, oh look God. under the bed, then crawl up the bed like I'm the monster itself, and then uh, toss the sheets. Toss some sheets around. Nothing under the sheets. These cards are full of crap. That doll didn't even tell me one secret. <laughs> All that's left untossed is the leather-covered chest at the foot of the bed. Do you All want right. one? Uh, yeah, I... I'd try and remake the bed as you uh, <laughs> go to the chest. Oh, man, and you can spider-climb on the wall so you can, like, get the fitted sheet into the, into oh, the yeah. corner that's hard to find. Ah, oh, heck yeah. Yeah, um, Tess is going to um, get down on one knee and sort of, like, as she's reaching down for the the leather chest, she's going to, like be looking up in the corners of the room, sort of like at the 
height in which the spectral Erasmus has usually appeared uh, in the previous times where he had haunted us. Um, Just like, not obviously she can't see him, but try to at least exude the sorry and thanks like energy vibe mm-hmm. that she's doing. Um, I like it. Yeah. Uh, so she'll crack that chest open, see what's... <laughs> she'll crack that chest open <laughs> and see what's dwarf. inside. <laughs> the chest is latched, but not locked. It opens very easily, Tess. Inside, you find a few things. You find a pair of small boots... You find a heavy oilcloth rain cloak. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What do these boots look like, though? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, God. You're outside. Shut up. <laughs> oh, man. Enjoy your tea. They're small. They're small little leather boots. There's also a long piece of leather that has a carved whistle tied at the end of it. Uh, there are various knickknacks from... Rudolph's and Erasmus's childhood. But I imagine what Tess is uh, stuck staring at the most is the filthy, mud-covered... It has this smell of dampness, almost rot to it. It is... The exact same doll that little Greta has been clutching this entire time, but the one of the buttons is like ripped out, you know, for the eyes. It's missing an eye. The face is all broken and ripped open. It's covered in mud. It's disgusting. It's like disintegrating. Oh, God. We'll see you next week. Oh my oh god. My god. Oh, maybe this one will tell me it's fucking secrets. <laughs> Hi, my name is Chucky. <laughs>